0: and try again.
1: It's Thursday night, and we are three weeks from the boondoggle. Joining me here on Kayak Fishing Radio Thursday nights, our host from Wednesday night, Mark Wheeler. Hey, Mark. Hey, what's going on, man? You digging the shark music in the background, man? Definitely digging it. Digny, man. Let me say hey to Mr. Becker. <laughs> Do you feel like... It makes you feel like evil, right?
0: It's awesome.
1: Have you ever listened to the whole thing? Oh, yeah. It starts getting like all happy, like we should hold hands and skip down the road here in just a Yeah, and that's... It's music. It's right. the music. Yeah, I know. See? Now we change meter. It gets all... Oh, it's incredible! It's lovely to be eaten by a shark. Fascinating. No, You're no. being digested. Yeah, I know, right? Okay. Yeah. It's like
0: the "I'm I'm being eaten by a boa constrictor" song from fourth grade.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Not that I remember that or anything. I'm just saying.
1: Really? Were there like hand symbols and movements that you had to make?
0: I have no idea, Chip. Okay.
1: All right. It was a friend of yours, right? That told you about it.
0: I just heard a story somewhere.
1: Okay. He pleads the 5th. Uh-huh. All right. He pleads the 5th. Yeah, the (laughs) 5th, 6th, and 7th. That's right. So so it's Thursday. The weather is nasty here in ATL, um, but it looks good down south, and uh, we're getting closer to the point now that uh, the weather prognosticators or the weather guessers, as we like to call them, we're starting to put up some forecasting information for our upcoming boondoggle weekend. So, the furthest out I've got so far is uh, is uh, the weekend prior now. They're putting out like a 15-day forecast. And of course, you know, the that's not going to be really good, but uh um, it does look good down there. So, how was you guys day? Good day. Great day. Good day. Great day. All right. Cool. You know, um, Wheeler, did you uh, did you get a new modem? Man, his kids uh, helped him out. They thought his modem was a little dirty, maybe from some of the things they saw in his screensaver or something like that. <laughs> oh. And uh, now, they it, washed you know,
2: his
3: modem. No, the story behind it was I was yelling at the computer because the internet was slow. Ah. And they know that when the Internet goes bad, Daddy plays with the modem. Oh. And they know that when Daddy needs a boost, he drinks coffee.
1: Ah, so, so they found
3: my cup of coffee and poured it onto the modem.
0: To give you're it a
1: making boost. that up. Problem solving. I am not making that. that up. Dude, put those kids in all the advanced placement classes. They can figure <laughs> stuff out, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm digging it.
3: Except for
4: I don't have Internet <laughs>
1: you don't have internet now okay well um so we're uh we're talking about the boondoggle if you're listening in on the show for the first time uh if you're just joining us um boondoggle minute here uh kayakfishingradio.com forward slash boondoggle yakangler.com forward slash boondoggle you'll get all the information you need we are headed that way it's uh 21 and a wake-up. Actually, we could count this one as down. So 20 and a wake-up, and we're on our way to uh Island Park, in the island of Chokoloski, just south of Everglades City. Southwest corner, the Great Cypress National Preserve, something like that. Everglades National Park. I think it's going to be a great time. Uh, we've got... Uh, I think by last count, I saw twenty-eight signed up at yakangler.com dot com on the little page there, the info page, and uh, that's just individuals. I know I haven't included the uh, um, the clone or the wife, and they're both coming with. So, um,
3: or any of the people from Southwest Kayak Fishing,
1: right? I mean, we don't have any Southwest, of them.
4: Southwest Florida Kayak Fishing,
1: yeah. So, uh. So that's it, and we're looking forward to it. So when we talk about the boondoggle, uh, that's going to be it. And uh, at the boondoggle, I think we have just about ready to, uh, at this boondoggle, we will announce the location of our next boondoggle, or at least the next major boondoggle. We need some Latinaic term, like, you know, sounds all scientific, you know, like a major, minor, that kind of thing. So we have major boondoggle, minor boondoggle. But that that's not really... Professorial enough, if you'll allow me some word creation. Anyways, let me say hi to the folks in the chat room. We got uh uh Greg Hammerhead Crisp from uh New Hampshire. We got uh Justin and uh Jim Van Pelt, uh, the Salt Warrior Russ Pilot from uh Louisiana. Scuba Stan from Chucktown, Semper Yak joining us all the way from Camp Henderson, Okinawa, Japan. Welcome aboard, Semper Yak and the Yak Sushi himself, the man with the plan from yakangler.com. And I just received a text, and I'm going to leave this guy muted who just joined us on the buzzard drove. So he'll have to push the button and make the little symbol come up if he wants to talk. (laughs) It's Chuck, I guess. But anyways, uh, Mr. Becker and Mr. Wheeler join me in the house. So uh, it's kind of cool, man. It's early morning. I know you're – you know, if you don't answer the stupid little texts on the iPhone, they just keep popping back up and irritating you. Okay, so what's the what's the symbols in the chat room here? Okay. This is like it's like Christmas in February, right? Because all right, so just the new announcements that were happening on your show last night, Mark, and uh some of the ones. Okay, so Wheeler is going to Jackson Kayak. Hammerhead is yep. going to Jackson Kayak. Chuck has gone over to Jackson Kayak. Stan Johnny him a Jackson... He got him a Cuda. Holy cow. We're going to have all these Cuda heads down there.
3: Shallow Pockets yeah. is a Jackson Pro Staff guy now, too. Uh, really? Yep.
1: Wow. You know,
3: it's, it, 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 you know what it is? It attests to the company. You yeah. know, how they... You know, I can't say enough about how awesome it is. I mean, you know, I send an email to the company. I've you know, I've dealt with Wiley and Malibu and other companies where it takes three or four days and it's literally I'm you know, two or three minutes later, blink. I look at my phone and oh, I got another email. Wow. At it, and it's you know Eric Jackson, the owner of the company, sending me an email like, Hey, you know, congratulations on joining the team and you know, here's your profile already put up and on the website and we'll have you kayaks to see you before the boondoggle, we promise.
1: It's like cool. Oh my
3: god. You know, to have the the owner, you know, step up like that. Yep. It's just too cool, you know what
1: I mean? It has been it has been seconded from the chat room. Uh Salt Warrior has laughed at it, so uh de Head is now an official term. It's an official kind of Christian radio term for you guys. <laughs> coot or coot ahead. So <laughs> Um So uh let's see. Kills me. Oh, we're all t- Yeah, finally got the chat room to load. I know. One of these days, we'll get a big giant sponsor or we'll get our own spot on, uh, XM radio or Sirius or something like that. But, so all these guys are thinking about the colors of their kudos and all that stuff. Um, however, comma, the big headed me, uh, pulled the trigger and, uh, worked a deal on a, uh, uh, ultimate <laughs> ultimate 14.5, so I'm very happy with that. Uh, they're real easy to stand in. I haven't fallen out of it, but I've only had it in the driveway so far, so um, when I get it in the water, it might be a little different story, so. Um, but the seat is very comfortable, and I know Stan, was. he said he was watching TV last night in his little Cuda seat, so. Uh, uh, that's pretty interesting. Oh, welcome aboard, uh, Scott. Mitchell Dorsey there, the pirate from uh, the uh, Jacksonville crew. Glad to have you on. Hopefully, let's see, let's see. Uh, Jim is the ultimate guy. I know Jim is an ultimate guy. I want to try the uh, the propel thing, the little pedal uh, system that they've got for uh, ultimates. I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, the Mariner. Well, they actually have it for the 14.5 and the 12 also. So I think that would be kind of huh. interesting. Yeah, and you can get a little – You can if you take the propel unit out, then uh, there's a little cover that goes over the hole and stuff to keep it from splashing around and stuff. So you can still use it as just a paddle boat, whatever. So interesting. Cool. And interesting discussions now because as everybody races to uh, – Get their kayaks rigged prior to the boondoggle, and as we uh, look forward to trucking them all down to the south end of Florida, um, as I posted in uh, YakAngler.com, uh, because I think this may be some of the longest uh, uh, traveling that anyone's done with their kayaks. I I tallied up my mileage last year for 2011 uh with my trailer the uh the uh, tree hugger assault vehicle uh and uh kayak launching device we uh we put over 8000 miles on that trailer last year uh going around to mini boondoggles and stuff yeah exactly and drag, driving down to florida and stuff for to go fishing but uh i i have played around with it but i uh i wanted to be able to carry a couple extra kayaks with me so I got a hold of Colin Malone at Malone Auto Racks, and uh, they're, a, uh, they're a friend of, uh, of the Yak Angler crew and of Kayak Fishing Radio. And uh, I got me some longer crossbars for my trailer so I can put a third kayak on the trailer bar. Uh, cool. Yeah, and, uh, and he actually, because my, my trailer is a 2009 uh, they've gone to a different system now with the way the crossbars are rigged, but he went out into the warehouse and dug around and said he found a couple of sets of the aluminum crossbars, which is what I have and, uh, hooked me up with them. So, and Colin was so kind and interesting to talk to that I invited him to join us here next week on kayak fishing radio for the Thursday night, uh, club. And, uh, He's gonna come on and talk about the different options for transporting your kayak uh trailering and that kind of thing. Uh, it's a family owned business uh they're out of uh, uh, up in New England and maine there uh up in Hammerhead's uh part of the country and uh he's gonna join us next week and uh, talk about uh kayak trailers and uh crossbars and rooftop mounting uh solutions and stuff like that that they offer. And uh, maybe give us some tips and stuff for uh, for how to safely transport our kayaks. Because I have seen some ugly pictures of kayaks coming off of uh, crossbars and things like that. So um, but uh, so that should be interesting next week. Uh, hopefully everybody will join in on that. And they are. They do. They answer. Uh, Russ was saying he got a new set of crossbars for his uh, trailer also. I've, I've modified my trailer just a bit because I didn't like uh, having to make sure I had everything loaded in that box. I forget things. Um, as we were passing around in the chat room last night, uh, the dates at which all of the jarheads here had gone to boot camp, uh, these guys were all saying they were in boot camp in, like, 90 and stuff like that. And it's like, I went to boot camp in 1978, so uh, which was little scuba stand there, was just little scuba toddler. Uh, he was born in seventy six, so so if I wasn't even a
3: twinkle in my daddy's eye
1: yet, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit old <laughs> around the edges. So if I forget something, just you know, point me in the right direction. So so anyways, <laughs> uh, so that'll be cool. And like I said, I think it's it, it's important that everybody kind of discusses the options and make a plan and stick to it. Uh, Greg, you almost had a disaster on your hand last time we met at Cedar Key, there, didn't you? You had a kind of a failure of one of your crossbars.
0: Yeah, completely unexpected, and it was uh, the the boat actually rocked back apparently, and the two pieces of foam that support the uh, the Sherpa bars on the roof of the car uh, actually disappeared onto the highway. Uh, fortunately I had I had done the extra safety strap, you know, belt and suspenders kind of thing and never even noticed it, never heard the sound. But uh it kinda of gave me the jeebies and I wasn't comfortable enough driving it back that way. I threw it on Haywood's boat and uh, or Haywood's racks and asked him to take it back. But uh it just goes to show you that you can't do it the right way enough. Um, you know, my big concern, sure I don't want to lose my boat But uh, in in my years on the road, I've seen too many things through people's windshield because the dope in front of them didn't uh, didn't put it on right. And uh, I always have a a lock or something. If I'm going far at all, I always have a lock or something else that uh, if everything else fails catastrophically, there's a piece of steel that will keep uh, keep the kayak attached to my car, beating the crap out of the side of my car as it bounces down the highway. But it's not going through the windshield of the car or truck behind me. So
1: yep absolutely um and uh it, the asphalt doesn't do good with plastic either so um like you say though the the important thing is you know that uh you you don't want that thing to go flying off this giant missile um I actually had a situation one time where we were transporting something in the back of my pickup truck. It was a large shower enclosure. As we finished the basement in our house, and we uh, got it from the Lowe's down the road, big blue box store. And driving down the highway, the strap broke on this big giant thing. And the aerodynamic coefficient of a shower enclosure it will reach L over D max at 68 miles an hour. And uh, this baby took off, man. And The only thing I could recall was looking in the rearview mirror and seeing the driver of the car behind me uh, as as it went over the top of his car. He was so close behind me. I don't think that person ever tailgated anyone ever again. But it was a good thing because he was close enough to me that the the, the shower enclosure went completely over the top of his car uh, and then shattered into a million fiberglass pieces when it hit the asphalt. So, But, yeah. So in your boat too, Becker, I mean, yours is a composite boat. So it would have a little more, a little more force there. It's got a little more, not quite as much mass, but the, it's, uh, the rigidity of, and, uh, coefficient of that rascal going through somebody's windshield, man, that would just ruin their day.
0: Yeah, so, it, it really would.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll talk about that next week and, uh, talk about the options that we've got, but, uh, so um now joining us from uh the from a long tour and a day on the water is that always excellent mr redfish chuck yo <laughs> yo. <laughs>
4: I did not get to go on the water today, unfortunately, sir.
1: Bummer, dude.
4: No, my day was spent at doctor's offices with my little one.
1: Oh, how's he doing, man? Better.
4: Um. Yeah. Yeah. We've pretty much ruled out a whole bunch of uh, stuff, and now they're just digging for more answers and more tests and more stuff. So, yay for us! Yeah, I know. uh, We got some good news today, though. I mean, there was. They did a lot of blood tests on him the last couple of weeks, and everything came back normal. Um, his eyes, his eyes uh, appear to be very healthy, and that's good, and so on and so forth. So, but now they're just looking for more answers, so they have to do more tests.
1: Right. Well, you know, unfortunately, that's the way they practice medicine. Um, but uh, we, uh, we keep him in our thoughts, man. Uh, Appreciate it, bro. All good karma to you. So. Anyways, um, so, so you didn't get on the water, you, uh, you started some freaking crazy movement with all the CUDA heads now, and you're a CUDA head, le- you're the CUDA head leader, so, um... I am, I am
4: the CUDA commander.
1: You're the CUDA commander, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the CUDA yeah. commander, good grief, all right, um... So I uh, I uh, I've been measuring the uh the thwart, the aft thwart on my ult- my new Ultimate 145. I want to put a couple of Scotty mounts, you know, the recessed mounts in there. And I've been measuring this hole now for 2 days. I just can't bring myself to put the hole saw to the plastic and drill a hole in the brand new boat yet.
4: Mm, I don't think you need to. Why? You, oh, you're going to do flush
1: mounts? Yeah. Well, not oh, okay. the you know the Scotty mounts, the little flush mount things. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, even even God. for
1: the even for the big triangle things, you'd still have to drill holes to put the, the bolts or whatever through bolts oh, yeah. or rivets or something. It's just right. getting that first hole in a fresh piece of <laughs> plastic, and then yeah. I am the guy who, when he walks into the doctor's office and looks around at my surroundings, I go straighten up all of the the pictures on the walls because any imbalance or nonconformity just drives me up the wall. So I'm trying and to I'm put...
0: The who, I'm the guy who, when I leave, goes around and... Picks
1: up <laughs> <the train> and <laughs> that Becker was here. <laughs> but it's like, uh, if, I, if I put those two mounts on that boat and one of them is a little further out than the other, if they're not symmetrical, I'll be... It'll just irritate the crap out of me. I understand, <laughs> sir. It will. I mean, Wheeler, I'm, do you still? I was, really, was, yeah. was going to ask Wheeler, do you still lace your boots left over right?
3: It, it's almost like a sickness. I do it to my kids, to my wife's boots. I know. Um, it, it's. It's. I do that.
1: <laughs>
3: and uh, my wife was trying to figure out. She couldn't find her dog tag because she always carried the two dog tags <laughs> on her, her neck. I said, where's my other dog tag? And I'm like, it's in your boot. And she's like, why did you bring my boot? I was because like, that's what belongs it's on the left side, iron, you know, a third lace up, tucked in underneath the, uh, the bridge. She's like, you're such a retard. <laughs> I, I know. I mean... It's a it's habit.
1: It is. It's a terrible habit. I get a brand-new pair of shoes from the store, and I'll bring them home and rip the shoelaces out so I can relace them so that the bridge is over the top and then the laces are left over right. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so I just got to make everything, it's got to be uniform, man. It would just drive me nuts. So uh, let's see. Jim Van Pelt, he says, a little piece of me dies every time I drill a new boat. But you got to do something to it, you know. I mean, Scuba Stan, he's got his, uh, Scuba Stan, Stan is going to need a new a new truck, man. Because he showed me, he sent me a picture of, <laughs> he always puts his left shoe on first. That's right. put your sock on then you put your boot on then you put your sock other sock on you put your boot on Um, but uh, his his Cuda is like two thirds of the way sticking out of the back of his truck (laughs) (laughs) it's like the the little the little extender thing is like just in the midpoint of the Cuda sticking out of there so he's, he's he's gonna need a bigger truck man Right.
3: That's why I, I'm putting my cooter on my roof.
1: Putting it on the roof, right?
3: Yeah. Because like it's a 14 foot boat. It's, it's a long boat, you know. And yeah, it is. You know,
1: You're gonna need a bigger to boat to have that. Yeah. You need a bigger truck. So.
3: I gotta. I keep trying to persuade the wife that, but she just keeps
4: laughing at me and. Yeah. Telling me to go back inside. <laughs> right. So. I'll have I'll have both of my Cudas and a native ultimate fourteen five in the back of my truck.
1: Oh, that's so nice. man. <laughs> well, I'll be well, bringing. I got to bring
4: down an extra Cuda for Adam because apparently uh, Yak Sushi doesn't have enough room on his uh, Yakima oh. or whatever trailer. So.
1: Uh, his rock and roll trailer. Kayak. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, no big deal, man. I trust me. I like to get people on these Jacksons, so. Converting the Break Cuda heads, man.
4: We will convert the masses.
1: Convert the masses <laughs> to the Cuda <laughs> heads.
4: that you can't know about.
1: I bet Drew Gregory was <laughs> a Saturn designer, wasn't he? And uh-huh. Eric Jackson. But they had Saturns. I don't know. No guys they, uh, It's just funny.
4: The guys are geniuses.
1: No, you know the deal behind Saturn, right?
4: Dude, I don't know nothing right now. <laughs>
1: Chuck. I know the back of my eyelids. I'm Chuck is just tight. Mr. Curmudgeon. I don't know anything, man.
0: Um, well, Haywood's you know. not here. Somebody's got
1: to do it. Yeah, that's true. All right, Chuck. I'm just going to change your name to Haywood here. Easy. Yeah.
4: Easy. Those are awfully large shoes to fill, sir. I know.
1: But, um, yeah, so... Yeah, so you're converting the masses to cuda heads. But... Uh, there's a lot of room in a 14 and a half foot uh, Ultimate. I don't... I I, I I sat in it and just enjoyed all of the room. and It's nice having the gunnels up there for an old guy like me. It's kind of like my walker. You know, I can just put my hands on it and just kind of shove myself around and stuff like that. So...
4: Yeah, my wife won't let me sell hers.
1: No, I, I, I wouldn't... I mean... That seat, man, is like awesome. Of course, the seat on the Cuda is nice too. But it's just when you got a big giant gourd like mine, man. <clears throat> I think you, I think you pushed me over. I did. You were just trying to mess with me. So, anyways, so I'm rigging up. I found a. Uh, uh, a source for uh, really sturdy crates if anybody needs a crate I don't we're still we still have time uh, Duluth trading company has uh, red green and black colored crates and they're the ones with the, the metal banding around the top of it and stuff I nice. went in I went down into my basement and dug around because I was quite sure that I had one but I have a a milk crate that is it's orange and it's like a crate and a half. It's this on one on two of the side. it's the same size, you know, like one direction, but the it's it's a rectangle, man. And it's like a crate and a half and it fits perfect right there behind the seat in the ultimate. So that's gonna be awesome. Yeah.
3: I've got a ton of those longer crates Do you that- yeah, cause my plan was to put them in my old ride because they would yeah. they would fit just right inside the tank well. Right. You know, when I was when I'm bass fishing, when I need about everything underneath the moon, uh, but they don't fit in the new ride. So. Yeah,
1: you know, so I'm. I'm like going to around.
3: To
1: I'm going around all the little shops now because I want to put the rod holders, you know, on the back. And uh, all right. All right, Simper Yak is uh, taken off. So. Have a good one, man. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Keep up the faith, man. You'll come home someday. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I want to put uh, some rod holders on it, right? And I think that if I could find one that was four rod holders, that it would fit across that l- that long length, perfect. And I have one with four, you know, and I could put my rods in there, my three rods along with the my yak or Yak-Tak Visipole for quick deployment?
3: Just use a, um, I think it's a inch and a half or two Mm -hmm. inch uh, inside diameter piece of PVC.
1: Yeah. And and zip
3: tie it to the the very, the farthest point back. Right. Um, So this way you're not getting caught and, you know, get it uh, wrapped up in the rods or anything like that.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
3: That's what I do with mine, so.
1: Yeah, it works. But I still want to put my, my Scotty mounts on, though, because when some of the places were traveling around and everything, you don't want your rods sticking straight up in the air all the time because uh, trees have a bad habit of stealing your fishing rods if they're sticking straight up and down. <laughs> Did you not know that? Oh, I tr-
3: oh trust me. I, I know <laughs> that very well. <laughs> Yeah. Because the bending point of a G Lewis cranking stick, uh, six and a half footer, um, when put underneath a hemlock tree, only goes back so far before it shatters into a million pieces. Trust me, I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Two days
3: after it. Right.
0: <laughs>
1: or when the the Dag tree what is it what's that guy? They were saying it I was listening to the uh double L's show today. Uh, on the podcast. Uh, the guy who says, Chew them. Chew them, Elizabeth, uh Elizabeth. Says something else. But yeah, when that stinking tree grabs a hold of the rod that has... They know which ones have the big Pretty spook sure. on them. <laughs> and they grab it and then let go so that that spook comes up and hits you in the back of the head. So. And a big gourd like mine... Even if the spook was going past me, the gravitational pull sucks that spook right up into the side of my head. Man, I'll prove I'll prove to you that I have gravity of my gourd, because whenever the clone gets close to me in his kayak, it comes right up and bumps into me, because the gravity from my big head just pulls him right up next to me. Nice. It's not his fault. It's a physics. It's a study in physics. Um, let's see always put the left shoe on first and do I need to uh, I haven't fished out of the boat enough uh, Russ is asking me where I ought to put the rod holders but I use the, uh, the Scotty mounts with the adjustable extensions on it so you can kind of move them around enough to where you, know, you can reach them and stuff and I use the ones the heavy duty ones with the locks on them so that once I put my rod in there I got them horizontal in those rod holders, and I can lock them so you can pull on it and stuff. It probably rip the guides off or whatever. Hook a spook and you know drag out three hundred yards of braid before it snaps me back down the tributary that I've just paddled up. So, but uh, that's what I'm looking I at. I think
3: that's the the one thing. I'm the same way. Pictures have to be neat. Books on a bookshelf have to be you know, you know uh, covered in the line just right.
2: Uh-huh. Uh,
3: but when I put the, when I put my flush mounts on, I'll actually go out and fish for a little bit without, you know, making any holes or anything. And then I take um, Eye Black, you know, that cheap stuff you can buy at, you know, Play It Again Sports for like 99 cents, and I'll coat the back end of my rod butt and I'll, you know, throughout the day, you know, act like I'm putting the rod back in there, back in, into where the flush mount would be. And then, when I get back in, I've got a bunch of little black dots, and I kind of take you know triangulate where you know if I've got a bunch in a different little area, I'll triangulate where they're at, and that's where I'm gonna drill my hole um to to mount the flush mounts if I was going to do it <clears throat> and it come out kind of weird because my left shoulder doesn't, my left arm doesn't reach back as far as my right will, and that's the only time that I'm not you know symmetrical right but, yeah, and you use those those Scotty flush mounts where you can add those extenders and rotate and move them around, and you won't have a situation like that.
1: Right. I did. Um. I got a uh, uh, one of those new. Uh, it's called the Screw Ball from Luther at Yak Attack. I think it's great. It's got the little uh, slide track mount, half inch for Ultimates, five eighths for wilderness products but i got the half inch ones with the little uh one inch uh ram ball on it so right I got my my little garmin garmin gps map 60 csx right on there and i've already preloaded in the the corresponding topographic maps and uh, marine topography so i will kind of know where i'm at down there so the batteries don't run out.
3: Yeah, so I already printed out my map for Tolkilovsky. Yeah. So Do,
1: did yeah. You, did did you did you take a look at that mytopo dot com stuff that I put out? Did you see that?
3: I did, and I instead of going to the one in twenty four, yeah. I went for a one in fifty. Uh huh. Um, and I actually did it through Google. Cool. Uh, excuse me, Bing Maps will actually Bing. put put the, um, the 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 hatches and the long that long. So I've got a nice you know eleven by nine printout of the area you know far enough about as far enough east as I could paddle far enough far as as far north and south and and east, so this way, no matter where I' would go, I kind of would figure out everywhere I'm going. Plus, I bought a bunch of um uh, ties the the marker ties. there's that little ribbon strip this way for in the middle of nowhere. I can just find a mangrove, tie that off there, so this way no matter where I'm going I can see, ooh, there's a pretty pink little thing hanging off that tree. i got to go that way so I can find my way back oh. if I start getting lost.
1: You should get some cat eyes too, man, just in case it gets dark.
3: Oh, these right? are reflective. they got a little reflective strip inside there. It cost right? me $25. bucks. <laughs> they are going to work, damn it.
1: Ooh. Right. It's going to be interesting. This will be a boondoggle where... Uh, it should expand some of the skill sets so of some of our some of the folks joining us, you know, because you have to. Uh, Wheeler just not got dropped off, but uh, it should expand the skill set a little bit. Um, nothing too uh, too difficult, but certainly things that uh, you're going to want to pay attention to the locals, and uh, I would uh, take a look at the charts and make a map. And if you've got a GPS, I would certainly bring one. Let's say hi to our man with the plan from the West Coast.
2: Wishing a, I was fishing, I tell you.
1: Wishing I was fishing. I know I wish I was fishing, but it's storming again outside. How yeah,
2: you boys doing tonight?
1: We're doing good, Spiker. What you up to, man?
2: Eh, getting ready for Crab Fest on Sunday. It's funny how this community comes out of the woodwork. You get one day of crab and a five-hour event. You got people camping two or three nights, bringing out the families. It's going to be a big fiesta. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Crab hey, Fest, I- Bodega Bay, California.
1: That's a cool place, man.
2: I cut off there?
1: Wheeler made it back. <laughs> Put a new no. battery in it, Wheeler.
4: Uh, fat fingers.
1: Yeah.
4: Hey, I um, I have to apologize, Spiker. To I was supposed to get a hold of him after my show on Monday, and I found out that I don't have his phone number in my uh, new phone. Nope. Mm-hmm. Always just go to
2: kayakfishing.com to find me.
4: Oh. Well, now I feel like even
2: more of an idiot. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> or email me after this show, and I'll send you the direct line. I will do that, sir. All right. So So what's going on there? I'm sorry I tuned in so late. Trying to beat the sun to get on the radio show, and I just couldn't make it happen.
1: Yeah. Well, we're just uh, uh, talking about the weather and talking about things that uh, we're thinking about. Um, We're planning. We're three weeks out from our trip now.
2: Boondoggle.
1: To uh, Boondoggle, that's right. Uh, We were just discussing that... uh, we're going to be down in the 10,000 islands, and they don't call it that for nothing. Uh, There's all these little mangrove islands down there. And if you've never gone, and Wheeler just dropped out again, so he comes back, we'll hook him back up. But um, if you've not done any serious navigation in places that you can really get lost, I mean, just like uh, I kind of thought it was silly when you would hear that people would get lost in a cornfield out in the Midwest, until you go out and you see these cornfields, and then you get out in the middle of one of them, and it looks it's just a bunch of corn around you. You have really no clue. So if you don't have a compass, if you don't have a GPS, if you don't have some way to find your way back, you're going to get lost out there. Um, I know from hunting in uh, the state of Colorado, part of, uh, your permit to hunt out there is you're paying for the emergency services that about 90% of the, uh, self hunters get themselves into needing when they get lost out there in the mountains. So, um, we've got a couple of thing you know, resources that we can use to create some charts. Uh, you can use Bing maps or Google maps and, Put, overlay the terrain on there and print it off. There's also some commercial resources. I use uh, my mytopo.com, dot com, and uh, they have a service where you can create maps and print them off as PDFs and stuff like that.
2: I just found mytopomap.com last week, and it is unbelievable.
1: It's kind of cool, really. Yeah, I mean, very you know, nice site. And, it, and they'll custom build maps for you. They're a little pricey, but it's... Um, I don't know. Greg, do you do any navigation where you need to go get charts and GS, USGS quads and things like that? I mean you do emergency stuff so you're probably familiar with it.
0: Yeah, all my stuff used to be in uh a big map case. Right. In the back of the cheese car that uh had had topos that covered the entire district. And then uh <laughs> the backups for that was were actually on a laptop. Yeah. But uh for the kind of stuff we did it was easier to use uh it was easier to use uh the actual maps themselves, but um big GPS fan. Even if you don't do anything else when you put in the water, mark the ramp. Yes. And turn it off. And if you get right. lost and you have it, but it's uh it's worth having. You know, it's like toilet paper. You never realize how much you miss it till you don't have any.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cuz I mean, well you know it was uh I forget who it was. It was Trimble or uh, somebody recently they created a GPS device and I got one from my dad because all it was was there was a button on it that had like a an icon of a car. So and it fits on your keychain. So when you get out of the car, you turn the thing on and you push the button, and then when you come out of Walmart, the arrow points to where your car is. So no more that I have to worry about my dad getting lost in a car. I know he's listening in somewhere. So no, it, that's a joke, but but yeah. I always say, if you know where you're at, if you've if you got a mark to go back to, just like with uh, Wheeler and his uh, high visibility uh, markers there that you can tie on to the overhanging mangroves. And now that I know he'll do that, I'll have to pull him down and tie them onto other mangroves. So. Hey,
4: I, I have to I have to interrupt for a second.
1: This you're going to interrupt.
4: This just in the Turtle Man is live on TV,
1: live action. Come on. <laughs> it's either that or the Republican debates or kayak oh, fishing radio, right? 12.59. Uh, yeah. Uh actually, yeah, she, she says uh, Sam, his better half, says she can still do her NAV that they taught her in the Army. She does Army NAV. That's cool. We... Uh, a little navigation on the water is, is pretty good. Spiker, you get into a situation where you need to uh, do a little nav out there on the water?
2: Yeah, we've got a lot of fog here on the eastern Pacific, and uh, you definitely have to cut through that stuff to get back to where you're going. That 10,000 islands, that's uh, Everglades, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, south of the Everglades, yeah.
2: When I first started the KayakFishing.com forums, I think this is like 1997 or 98, I met a woman from Miami, a kayak angler named Vivian, and she caught some of the first big Florida fish I ever saw on a kayak, and she was way into the snook, but that was her spot. And uh, she used to talk a lot about how easy it is to get lost in there. It's, It's like walking into a whole new world.
1: Yeah. Well, I know that for the longest time, I was an Atlantic Coast or a Pacific Coast person. And when I went, you know, so when we would fly someplace, you would be out over the water. You would either go west or go east to go back to the big land. And then when I showed up in Pensacola, it was the wrong direction. You would, you could go out over the water and if you went, east or west you'd wind up either in Texas or in the you know in the southern part of Florida you wouldn't get back to the panhandle so
2: no chip it's a good point to be talking about that big water it it, and I'm guilty of it too but I think that the the number of kayak anglers out there who actually have a compass on their boat uh, are probably in the minority and when you're fishing coastal you don't need to get that far offshore with the drift and the wind and your own paddling to get way off course. And you get a little bit off the beach, all of a sudden those landmarks aren't so familiar anymore.
1: That's right. I mean, I know uh, one of the trips we took down to uh, the Tampa area, uh, we went down to uh, Clearwater and we were out off the beach there. And the current was taking us away from the beach. And you get a little far out there, uh, When you're on the deck of an aircraft carrier, you're 100 feet in the air, and you can see about five miles to the horizon. But when you're sitting down just three feet off of the water, you probably don't see but about, you know, a mile and a half or so would probably be your horizon. I don't know. Anybody else got a guess on that?
2: A few hundred yards some days.
1: Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Charlie from, uh, from Jacksonville there, he says, yeah. They got lost out in the lagoon. Three hours later, they found their way out. I know, you just paddle around. So, yeah, I almost left the clone. Yeah, we went like he—he <laughs> he was still a youngster, man, and we were paddling back into the wind. And I'm like, okay, I'll send the navy guys for you. Keep your orange hat on. They'll come and get you. Don't you don't give up on me. <laughs> You know, but, we take
0: it for
2: granted. I don't know about your position there, but anywhere here on the Pacific, even with a low volt, a low wattage handheld radio, chances are the U.S. Coast Guard's got some pretty big ears and they're going to hear you calling for help. But once you leave the United States and you get into these waters, and, and it was a real awakening for me in Mexico that there, real, there is nobody there for you, and we're lucky in the States to have the support that we have. But it puts a big emphasis on the importance of all of that uh, emergency equipment, from your phone to your radio to all the different gadgets they've got going now.
1: Yeah. And uh, I know Mr. Becker showed up with – you're an amateur radio operator, right, Greg?
0: That is correct.
1: So, I mean, your radio worked out real well. VHF is line of sight, which means – if you're on the other side of the mangrove island, more than likely it might be difficult for us to talk to each other.
2: Climate well, tree.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's so, when a
0: little extra power comes into play. If you buy a radio, that's a little bit higher power. When you're, you know, when you can see the other guy's hat, you can always throw this stuff down in the one-watt setting, but uh, it's when you get back in the weeds somewhere and you're really looking for somebody to come give you a hand, fire it up, don't worry about your battery life, and... Uh, Say, yo. And, yeah. of course, for anybody listening, the amateur radio I was, u- was using is also type accepted by the FCC for use on uh, non-amateur
1: frequencies. Disclaimer ends. Yep, mileage may vary. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I use the uh, – I've got the Uniden MHS-75s, and uh, there you can set the power at 1 watt, 2 watts, or 5 watts yeah. and uh, for battery life but uh when you're i mean when I first took the clone out, it was like I had to have something on him, so at least he gets so far away and i can I can yell pretty loud I haven't been an old marine, but uh when the current grabs you and you it's real easy to see somebody disappear I mean, well, at chucktown uh my wife she gets in the boat, paddles out i'm still working on you know I've launched her and the clone the clone's following uh. Hammerhead and them around into a little cove to uh to fish, and my wife just takes off paddling. Well, she gets out into the stream, and it swoops her on down. And I only had two radios, and I didn't put one on her. And uh you know, it's like all of a sudden she's out of sight, and you know, we're sitting down in those kayaks, so. I mean, I don't know if anybody saw the uh, article on com for the mini boondoggle that we just did down in Titusville, but the waves didn't seem that big to us. I mean, they're slapping us around out there, but a picture that Bill took of me and the clone coming back from when we went out across the lagoon and coming back, there was enough swell there that my boat had disappeared. You know, he caught it right at the bottom where I was down at the bottom of the swell, and... You know, my boat's gone, so it's very difficult. You can easily lose someone. They can get 100 yards away from you, and you will not be able to see them. So um, it's it's important to think about those kind of things. Uh, If you don't have a plan before you get in the water, uh, it's too late. I'm just not a real... (laughs) I, I like to have my shoelaces left over right and I like to have an emergency plan before I get out there. I like to know before I go. Does that match up with some of your training Mr. Becker? Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Said
0: belt and suspenders.
1: Belt and suspenders, that's right. So Charlie's got the walkie talkie. Safety flags are good. Oh yeah here. Okay. Yeah, so No problem about GPS signal. Yeah, GPS is pretty. I mean, it's pretty good now. I mean, they've got a bunch of satellites up, and uh, you know, it it comes from uh, above you, so line of sight is not really an issue anymore. I I I still think it's it's pretty easy to get. uh, It's very rare that you wouldn't have a 3D signal from GPS nowadays.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're spending some time under a canopy. Yeah, uh, you know, if you're back in the trees, or if you're in a really thick mangrove, you might lose it for a couple seconds. But um,
1: just paddle out in know, the open.
0: Yeah, seeing seeing four birds, seeing three birds well, and four birds total is not all that difficult anymore. The constellation's uh, really, really robust. So
1: yeah, so um, I'm I'm pretty good, but still, I would not just totally set my faith completely in that GPS signal. I would also have have a backup plan. Just like, you know, we goof around with Wheeler. But if you want to put markers out, I'd put markers out, you know, and be able to find your way back. So there should be enough of us out there. The other thing, too, is something that don't think about too often. And I don't know how many guys go out by themselves and fish by themselves. But it's probably a good idea to use the good old buddy system. Thoughts, anyone? Bueller? No, uh, don't get me started. You don't. Wanna, you don't like fishing with other people, Spiker. You like being out there no, by yourself? No, it's not Man. that.
2: It's just it, it's, it, it is the absolute truth. Um, the buddy system saves lives, and I just consider all those years that uh, I fished by myself in Malibu in seas where i couldn't even see the rescue boat i'd hear them coming and I'd, I'd once me and my kayak and the baywatch boat would hit the top of the swell together there'd just be some old lifeguard behind the wheel snarling at me you know <laughs> sneering at me he never said a word but as the years went on i realized you know how and and people started getting plucked off the beach and out of the water i realized how genuinely stupid it is and the truth is Finding somebody to fish with, nine out of ten times, it's totally doable.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that a, a real experience, right, like Charlie just said, he fishes by himself most of the time. I'm not saying that it's it's undoable. People I, do it, to, I do it a lot. A 14-year-old girl that just circumnavigated the world, you know, in a sailboat by herself. My little hero. Yeah. So, I mean, it's certainly there, but... That's someone who's got a lot of experience and got a lot of training and has a backup plan also, you know. So whether it's you've got a cell phone in a dry box, you've got a radio or a walkie-talkie, VHF there where you've got got a backup system.
2: You know, uh, Chip, and that's where most of my advocacy lies is assuming that people are not going to have any communications, they're not going to have a float plan, and they're going to go out by themselves not telling anyone – not only where they went or that they were even going. And, uh, you know, but the truth is, if we are kayak fishermen, of course we fish alone. <laughs>
1: right. And that's okay, but like you said, you know, that always is, have a plan and let somebody know where you're going to go, how long you plan on being out, so that, you know, three or four days later, oh, man, I wonder where Spiker went, man.
2: You know, I, I think in our section we're always going to find the arguments. And I remember early on in my career the the biggest group – of uh hate mail that I got was for publishing photos without people wearing life jackets, and I think that a lot of that came from uh, traditional kayakers who were because kayak fishing was getting a lot of press at the time for the first time and and I'm telling you very serious hate mail too to to, pu- to the publishers, for magazines I was writing for to me directly. Um, and I understand all of that, but, you know, the reality is is that we're not all going to wear our life jackets all the time. And back then the reality was that if I only published pictures of anglers wearing life jackets, I wouldn't have had but three or four pictures to publish. Yeah. You know,
1: but In the chat room there, Mitchell Dorsey Scott saying that he fished alone sometimes, but he has at least two check-in friends that I know him out that knows he's out and where he's at.
2: Right, you, you know that, that's just a responsible part of getting on the water and a part of your fishing trip, and
1: yeah. And you ever get to a point where you you get hurt, and then you're like, "Dang, I can't get out of here by myself." I wonder how long it's going to be before somebody misses me. figures <laughs> out that I'm gone. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. and there's
2: another thing about that too. You talk to, and I'm always out there doing my own little private surveys. It's amazing how many kayak anglers don't know what a float plan is. Yeah. You know, well. a lot of guys on kayak fishing radio, I know, have the benefit of the military and got schooled up in a lot of things like navigation and basic responsibility. You know. um, a lot of people get into new sports, you know, with the love and drive and absolutely no knowledge whatsoever.
1: Yep.
4: So,
2: Yep. And I think that's what we're doing here on Kayak Fishing Radio, is just filling in some of the blanks.
1: Yep, just saying, hey, think about it. So, And thinking about it, I just looked up at the clock, and we've just been going on and going on and going on. There's just so much. So I'll leave a little bit for you guys for tomorrow night there, Spike.
2: Thanks for having me on board there, Chipster. Wheeler, nice hearing you.
1: He's already falling out, so.
2: He's done, he's
1: done. He's done. He's toast. All right. All right, guys. Uh, that's about it. So next week, keep in mind that we will have uh, Colin Malone from Malone Auto Racks uh, joining us here. Uh, well, he's going to be on the phone. But uh, we're going to be talking about uh, transportation of your kayaks and and uh, how, uh, how, how best to do it. Talk about some of the products that they've got available at Malone and uh, what your options are. I know I have a Malone trailer. I know that uh, Russ has one. Uh, Hamm- uh, Yak Sushi has got one of the uh, uh, Brand X versions, the uh, Yakima Rack and Roll. So you'll see those if you meet us down at the Boondoggle, and you'll see the options available. And uh, Colin will be with us next week to talk about that. So 21 and a wake up, and we're off to the Boondoggle. Chuck's going to be there. Greg's going to be there. Right, guys? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So keep working at it. Reorganize your gear. Keep setting it up. I know Scuba Stan, he's probably gone through his checklist 40, 50, 60 times. He's still got 21 days worth of it to do. And uh, thanks for joining us. That was Captain Mike... Uh, uh, <laughs> Captain Mike Ortego from uh, Florida Fishing Radio. Y'all join him. Check him out, uh, him, Steve Chapman, and Boudreaux on Saturday mornings at floridafishingradio.com. They have an app. You can listen to it on your smartphone while you're fishing. Put your headphones in, though, so you don't bother your buddies. And uh, we'll uh, we'll check them out. Uh, yakangler.com forward slash boondoggle, kayakfishingradio.com forward slash boondoggle. And you can check it out what we're talking about and where we're headed. uh Hang on there. So uh, we'll be there and join us or join us next time. Monday Monday through Friday 8 o'clock Kayak Fishing Radio. Chuck's on Mondays. Kicks it off. The Double L on Tuesdays. Wednesday's the Wheeler Day. Thursday's where I'm at. Friday's Spike and Ike from the West Coast. The Wild West Kayak Fishing. Join us. Again, we'll see you guys. Thanks for joining me, Mr. Becker, Redfish Chuck. And we'll see you guys you know next always? week. Oh, always, man, always. Chuck, we're, we'll see you on Monday.
4: Sounds
1: good. All right, brother. Y'all have a good night. We'll see you next time.